You're listening to The Real King with Joe and Heidi King. Hey guys, we're really excited to be coming up on our one year anniversary with the podcast, The Real King. And we're hoping that you'll all join us uh, this December 8th at 6.30 p.m. at the Christian Family Center at 8600 Burnell Drive. Um, There is postings on every social media outlet that we're on, so feel free to go to those platforms, like and share. Uh, We're inviting you all to come out for a a night of worship and praise, and we're going to glorify the Lord together. What better way to close out this year than to do it in unity? So we look forward to seeing you there. Um, so I woke up in the middle of the night last night and I was like, um, there have, so I can't, I don't remember if I went into detail on this in previous podcasts or not. Um, I used to get woken up at like three o'clock in the morning with like a sick feeling. Mm-hmm. Okay. And this was like right before like the Lord did a lot for me in 2020. I would wake up in the middle of the night, like I would go to bed fine, Mm -hmm. and I would fall asleep quickly, and then I would wake up at like anywhere from two to three or one to three, and I would wake up with a feeling of I'm gonna be sick. So that included feelings like um, I'm sweating, I feel like I'm gonna kind of pass out a little bit, Um, I feel like I have to go to the bathroom, or I feel like I have to vomit. Like, mm-hmm. one of those, anybody that has gotten actually sick in the middle of the night before can completely relate to, like, what I'm saying when I feel like I'm going to be sick when I wake up. Mm-hmm. And so prior to 2020, when I when God, like, really dealt with me there, I was having that nightly for almost, like, over six months. And so that, ever since 2020, and, like, he just, like, cut all of that junk out of me. I don't think you were waking up nightly like that. I think there was a spirit of fear mm-hmm. that was messing with you where it really amplified when it did happen. Right. And then you'd go to bed with fear of it. Right. So I have not had that since 2020. Yeah, May- there's been a couple of like times. Like maybe once or twice, like but right never, never, you know, anything. Yep. And so last night, um, it 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 came back, mm-hmm. and the crazy part, and this is like sort of like weird, is I didn't actually fully wake up for any of it. So I was like, is as if it was like subconsciously. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was like subconsciously knowing what I felt like recognizing that that spirit was trying to come back in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was as if I saw my body walking around my house. Hmm. Okay? Were you actually up? No. Or at least I don't think I was. Okay. And I saw myself re-enter back into my bedroom. And as soon as I did, the Lord spoke this to me. That we are living a life of spiritual ER visits when it could all be negated by routine preventative care. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was just going to say, you've been so busy lately, but not like not the whoosh, not spiritually busy, like socially Christian, you know, like it, we, we have been doing a lot of things and we're involved a lot with ministry, but our personal yep. spiritual diet gets neglected. Yep. And then you find yourself um, reading the word to answer questions or reading the word to teach. Yes. Or you find yourself 
um, eating out of desperation when it comes to the spiritual things yep. instead of maintaining a, a healthy lifestyle yes. and healthy diet. Yes. Mm-hmm. So as I'm as I'm like having this like whatever that was last night experience mm-hmm. and I'm walking back into my bedroom, even though like I'm not actually walking back into my bedroom and I heard like the Lord say, you know, a life of spiritual ER visits is what's starting to happen mm-hmm. versus just routine preventative care. I, I immediately thought, okay, what what happens when people go to ER visits? Okay, so when you go to an ER visit, and, and this is I'm not all the time. Like sometimes it's very legit, but a lot of the times when you go to an ER visit, it's because there is like a panic, a panic response of a circumstantial thing that's currently happening. Yeah, it's usually like I'll wait a week until this goes away unless yeah. it's an actual great physical pain. And then usually people go, I was talking to somebody that worked in the ER and they said their busiest time is like 1 a.m. to 5 a.m. Monday morning. People try and get through the weekend. Yeah. So people put it off and then when the the oppression or the the feeling or the fear of what could happen gets mm-hmm. great enough that's when they finally go yeah mm-hmm. nobody wants to be trapped in a hospital for a week right well the interesting part about that is so when you talk about routine preventative maintenance so a lot of times um people end up like going to the er like they don't want to because they're like well i don't want to end up in the hospital mm-hmm. right yeah and then a lot of times this happens like for behavioral health mm-hmm. where people let it go too far mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then they go in and they get like chaptered or they get like admitted. Right. And then mm-hmm. they're like, well, I can't afford this because now this is going to be this huge bill. But they neglected all of their visits prior to that. Right. And the purpose of those visits is to pick up on yep things that are occurring. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so like, this is the same thing. So, like, if you're just living your life going from one spiritual triage to another. Yep. And you don't actually take the time to to follow through with all of those routine and um, regular visits mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. your primary care provider. Mm-hmm. That's where you'll actually, he'll reveal things to you ahead of time mm-hmm. so that you can address them mm-hmm. so that you don't have to end up doing the spiritual triage and getting into the spiritual ER. Absolutely. Look at how many times people go in, they end up doing blood work, all these tests, EKGs, to find out somebody's dehydrated. I was just going to say dehydrated. (laughs) Yeah. Or in the middle of a panic attack. In the middle, like panic attack's a popular one. Or how many times do you think, I just have, I don't know, Honestly, how many people how many people are like i just have a cough it's not that big of a deal and then it's like a nagging cough and they go in and they don't like they could have addressed it with their primary care provider like older generations and like especially older farmers they're like we don't go to the doctor unless we're dying right mm-hmm. but like if they had gone in early on and gotten a chest x-ray or whatever routine simple stuff cheap cheaper mm-hmm. stuff they would have realized, oh, you have a nodule in your lung. It's something that's treatable. We caught it early, right? But they don't. Hmm. And then they wait. And, like, it could go either way. Either they go in and it's something like dehydration. Mm-hmm. Or they wait and then they go in and they're like, oh, you have stage three cancer. Hmm. And that that stage three cancer, spiritually, could be you have... Stage three, doubt and unbelief. You have stage three, resentment, envy, greed, Mm -hmm. lust, you name it. And it's gotten to that point. Yeah. Because you didn't choose to address it ahead of time. You have stage four, unforgiveness. So when we we neglect our relationship with the Lord, Mm -hmm. we will hold ourselves in contempt. Yeah. And yes. then and then we'll feel we're not worthy of mm-hmm. going 
into repentance or to the altar. Yeah. yeah, people do that medically too. They're like, well, my doctor told me the last time I was there I needed to lose 20 pounds and I've actually gained five, mm-hmm. so I can't go back. Yeah. And it, like, this is very practical application spiritually because every single person can relate to this. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So when I was like thinking about the ER portion of it, a lot of the times when, when people go into like the ER, and like it's just a simple thing like the dehydration or something. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what happens is you go in to this, this place that basically does like a focus group on you. Like everybody's focusing on you. Everybody's fixing what you need fixed. They're identifying issues. They're identifying problems. It's a pit stop. They're literally. At least it used to be. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're going in there and then they're, they're putting a Band-Aid on you, right? And then Making they're. Making sure it's not like. Life threatening. Yep. And then they're sending you back home. And then when you leave home, you're like, whew, okay, that was nothing. Like, I'm fine. And then a lot of the times they'll go back to exactly the way they were living prior. And then six months down the road, they're back in the ER. When, when I, before I got set free, um, and I suffered with anxiety and panic attacks and spiritual oppression, mm-hmm. um, I could see it in myself and other people like your grandma was one too, where um, I needed one of like one of those trips either yearly or every six months where they would go through everything and be like, you're, you're fine mm, to feel okay. This has got to be panic or this has got to yeah. be this because you're okay. You, you don't have any heart problems. Yeah. Like you needed right? a doctor to tell you it was okay. One of the worst ones that I had was like, they admitted me right away. EKGs uh, put me in, checked everything, because all the symptoms were like a heart attack. Mm-hmm. My heart was great; it was constipation. <laughs> like His I heart's was not fine. pooping right. His attitude right? could use some work. How many <laughs> times? <laughs> how, how many times do we go? Did you say attitude? <laughs> 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 no, sure. but I wish I had. We, got, we gotta have a, sh- a shirt. Merch, merch. <laughs> so, Adjust your attitude okay. right now, okay? But think about this. Yeah. We we want the ooey gooey cheesy goodness of what God's got to offer, and we overindulge, and we we seek that the healing, the, the deliverance, and we we spectate. It's it's become a spectator sport. We never give it back out. We never have a healthy movement in that area where we're where we're reproducing or or getting rid of. God gives seed to the sower. Yes. We're, so people, it's like hoarding. God doesn't You're do hoarding. anything for you to just like live with the fact that he did it. Mm-hmm. He expects as he puts people in your path with a similar issue, he expects you to minister out of that victory. Yeah. I was just I showed Heidi this video earlier today and it was um Russell Johnson from Pursuit Northwest. Shout out. I know you're listening. No you're not. <laughs> but I hope you do. And Lou Engle. Yeah. And they were talking about generational. I just said to her, how often do we talk about something? And then all of these same people talk about the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And generational um, moves of God. And he said, God is moving right now so that in a hundred years, they're talking about this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like we talk about Azusa. Yeah. Yeah. Like people talk about the Wesleyan movement. Like yep. people talk yeah. about those movements. Or the wells and so that. Yes. Yeah. He's moving right now so that in a hundred years. And he said, we don't. It's so funny that you had this. And then today I showed you that video because he's like, we have full churches that are basically spiritual hospice and everybody's just plugged in until they're ready to go home. They're getting just enough to not have those wake up moment, moments in the middle of the night. Yeah, it's 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 medicated um, spirituality. Yeah, uh, it's you're you're spiritually vaxxed. Right. Like you got the poke, you got the jab spiritually. You go and you get inoculated so that you don't ever have to do anything with deliverance or or the gifts that God's putting. There's people walking around with the gift of faith, right? Mm-hmm. But they only use it when they got to find their car keys. <clears throat> okay. So a lot of the times when you're valley versus mountain, okay? 
I'm only going to use my faith when my grandkids sick. A lot of the times you bring out the big guns, the the praying in the spirit every single day, the Bible reading every single day, the worship every single day, the the going to church services or listening to a church service every single day. A lot of the times you're only bringing those out when mm-hmm. when you are when in you're, you're on the verge of losing everything. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's like these pit stops of spiritual emergency room visits versus wholeness. Mm-hmm. I was I was on the phone with Monique today, but she started telling me how she's going through the Old Testament and how God revealed to her how Moses was an intercessor. And we got to talk about how just about everybody is an intercessor in some your life. Oh yeah. Is an an act of intercession <clears throat> to save a people group from going through what you're what you've been victorious, what God's conquered in your life through yeah. the cross. And it was really interesting because she was telling me how she was sharing with Gary uh, these things with Moses, and he's like, oh, "I never seen it that way." But we, we all have, <clears throat> excuse me, we all have things that God has put in us mm-hmm. that that are so important that we we take and we reproduce after mm-hmm. our own kind. Why do we put on the belt of truth? Why is it so important that we gird up our loins with truth? Because your loins are your reproductive system. And you, when you reproduce in truth, what is your truth? <clears throat> of course, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So what has Jesus done for you? What is your truth? What are you supposed to reproduce? Like in our household... We've been delivered from drug addiction, alcohol addiction, all these things. Mm-hmm. Um, the cost that has come with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, we have to be able to reproduce longevity in that cost. It's cost us friendships. It's cost mm-hmm. us normal relationships. Sometimes I just want to talk to people about Jesus on like a normal plane, right? And because of where we come from, People come out of the woodwork that want to argue doctrine or, and, and weird stuff. Do you ever have the feeling, maybe you don't, but some people do, I think, where they're like, I just want to talk to somebody about the weather or football mm. or whatever. See, I go polar opposite on that. Right. But I'm saying there are people that are like, they've been through all that, but like sometimes they're just like, they want to compartmentalize. And like, I just want to be like Christina at work right now and talk about the Packers. And I don't want to have to tell everybody I come across the, I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying people experience this and you really can't because the minute he delivered you, you pick up your cross. What, Mm -hmm. what happens is we, we neglect the discipleship. We, we don't move forward with, okay, now I've, I've shared my testimony or what God's done, but then we don't feel like we have any responsibility to maintain growing that person like hey nobody wants to be the bearer of bad news but scripture says he's going to give back to you a hundredfold with persecutions Mm -hmm. so it's like okay you got jesus you got this you got that everything's going good oh you're learning about tithing oh god blessed you with the fifteen hundred dollar check in the mail awesome but we never want to be the one that says by the way your community as you know it the close friends and family they're going to be the biggest obstacle. Oftentimes, they're they're the ones that the enemy will use because they'll be your easiest stumbling block because you get emotional with those people. If it was a total stranger, you don't care. Mm-hmm. Because discipleship is discipline. Mm-hmm. Those are the same thing. Yeah. Like the same word. Yeah. yeah. And people don't want to be disciplined. Right. Not at all. They're only disciplined a lot of times. I make it, We're making broad generalizations here, but like, a lot of times we've seen it where people are the most disciplined and the most interested in discipleship when the plane is falling out of the sky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where they're on the verge of yeah. absolute ruin or loss yep. or grief. Like nobody is closer to the Lord than when they're about to lose their house. Or they're right. super disciplined when it comes to their their profession or their job here yes. on this earth, but but not so much in their spiritual life. Bringing it back to what happened with you, mm-hmm. um, when Paul stated, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. Mm-hmm. When God gives us um, an, an 
out-of-body experience like that. So he, he wakes up your spirit, man, so that you're, and then he wakes up your soul but not your physical body. So now your, your spirit, man, and your soul, I would have you prosper even that as your soul <laughs> prospers is what Scripture says. So he wakes up your spirit and your soul so that he can have intimacy with the both of them without your flesh getting in the way. So the enemy was probably trying to attack you in your, in your soul, in your flesh, mm-hmm. physical manifestation of sickness on a soulish level. So there's panic there. Mm-hmm. And God takes it and he ministers to your spirit and your soul and says, this is not a physical problem. You're not dying. Yep. If, if he was able to kill you, I, I would have, it would have happened a long time ago. Yep. What God's saying is he's calling you into a deeper relationship with him, mm-hmm. which means you, your reaction to the things of this world uh, have to be in him. God actually had me in James 3 tonight, and I'm going to read that in, in, a, in a little bit here. Does it okay. go on? Is it, it does. The thing you... That's funny. Or not funny. That's awesome. It does because we, <clears throat> we really, we, when we answer, when we answer the, the, when we accept the date, you know, think about this as you're the bride of Christ, right? In the courtship, like he comes and he stands at the door and he knocks. Every time you see that picture hanging in people's houses with Jesus standing there and there's the wood door. Yep. If you ever look at those pictures, the guy who painted that, there's no handle on the outside of the door. Mm-hmm. You have to open it from the inside. Mm. Never noticed that before. So when we answer look. the door... We have it at church. I'm going to look tomorrow. <laughs> and he comes in, right? <clears throat> yeah. Now, all of a sudden, there's this, this relationship that, that has a responsibility with it. How do you maintain your spousal relationship or, or your relationship with your mom and dad? You yeah. know, a spiritual yeah. father. So... Okay, I'm going to, I'm just, you know what? This is live. Don't even care. Yeah, go for it. So it, stuff continued last night. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I, I walk like whatever that was, was over and you got up for hunting. And again, I wasn't like fully awake, but like I heard you guys leave and then I'm sleeping and then we listened to scripture while we sleep. Yeah. And it's saying all these, and it literally goes like Colossians 3, 19. And like, it'll say, it'll say it mm-hmm. and then it'll play a little pretty music and then it'll go to another one. <clears throat> I like, I would have sworn, I would have sworn that I heard the woman that was reading them say a verse I don't remember what it was and then when she read it it was exactly what I wanted to speak about this this next weekend like almost verbatim okay and I remember thinking while I'm sleeping there's an actual there's an actual verse that is that specific Mm -hmm. to my topic probably and I remember thinking that and I remember it's like I note in my brain when you wake up, make sure you look for that verse. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that happened. And then I immediately went into a dream where I was in the woods with you Mm -hmm. and you're showing me, you have your gun pointed and you're showing me all these different deer that you can be shooting Mm -hmm. and they're so far away. Yeah. And I tapped you and I said, yeah, but what about over here? And we looked over and there's like multiple deer that are mm-hmm. within like two feet of you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why don't you just kill these? And you're like, because they're too close. And I was like, okay. And then I immediately went in to a different country where I was praying over a man that had no sight. Mm. And I was praying that he gets his eyesight back. Ooh. And then it ended with your mom praying in tongues. Yeah. And then I woke up. And then when I woke up, it was almost like the post-it note in my brain to go look for that verse. I can't find that verse anywhere. I don't think it's a verse. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to discuss that because maybe it's something that 
like God's already set aside. Maybe I already know it or something like that or Christina. Um, even with that dream, though, you know, what is hunting, harvesting? Mm. So when you're when you're looking at what what are you harvesting, your meat? What did Jesus say to the girl after he raised her from the dead? He, yeah. he said to the family, now go and go, get her some yep. meat. Mm-hmm. Right. Milk's not enough anymore. Um, we're sitting here, we're sitting here, (laughs) um, doing business as usual with church and our friends and, and whatnot, but God's got such a, a, a international call on most people says, go into all people. Oh, but you can't go into Israel right now. There's a war. I love Robbie Dawkins because when people say to him, where does it say that you should go? Like, what is the, what is, what did God say to you to call you out to go and do this? That, and he goes, he's actually called me four times, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And if you read them front to back, cover to cover, repetitively, he calls you to go into all nations, heal the sick. Yeah. So can Not I... Not pa- all nations at peace. Just all nations. Yeah. So can I pause you for a minute? Because mm-hmm. as soon as you said that, the Holy Spirit just reminded me of one more thing that happened in the in the dream when mm-hmm. I was getting attacked physically or felt like I was, is I literally had the thought, this is why you can't go to different countries because this is going to happen there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's literally a, there was an evil spirit that was trying to plant seed that later, like that, that, most people would just discard that and be like, oh, that was a bad dream. But later, that that thing will be watered. The enemy will put people in your path that will water that. And then when he says go, you'll be like, oh, I can't. And you'll start to have panic attacks. Mm-hmm. You'll be like, but or God, people I'm will plant free. a seed about like traveler's diarrhea mm-hmm. yeah. and getting sick because of the water. Oh, you got to be on a plane sick. this mm-hmm. long or you could get – you got to go get all these vaccinations so you don't get parasites and mm-hmm. all these panic stricken uh tools of the the enemy so what god usually does in a dream like that is he exposes the 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 trick of the enemy the hardest part about most um warning dreams is people go internal with them and if they were equipped to decipher them then they would they wouldn't need to do that they would expose the darkness mm-hmm like you did tonight, you you just exposed the darkness. So now we can pray into that and speak over it. Yeah. Because those are curses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I did a, I wanted to see like an actual study. Mm-hmm. So according to Truven Health Analytics, okay, a report they put out, more than 70% of emergency department visits are for conditions that are preventable. Yeah. yeah. 70%. You should look up and see how many deaths happen. You want to hear something crazy? That are preventable. When I was, when we were first married, like when we got married, I had transitioned jobs into a job where I I moved drywall. And when I worked there, I worked with this guy that was just demonic. Mm -hmm. He was the the boss of the whole place. Um, He was filthy. I mean, everything about this man was just uh, perversion. Um, That man had several heart attacks before he was even 50. Mm -hmm. And he was not a stupid person. So he was always comparing facts with people. And he planted a seed. We were sitting in the office one day, and he said, you know, most men have their heart attack between 1 a.m. and 5 a.m. and die then. Mm. So for years after I worked there, because it was a fact that he had stated Mm -hmm. that went in and it was a seed planted. Mm -hmm. And when I would wake up between 1 and 5 with panic attacks, it would go straight to that seed all the time. Yeah. And then what happens is your body will actually manifest symptoms of things that you know. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. So you'll wake up, you know, instead of going, oh, I've got to touch a carpal tunnel. My three fingers are numb. Mm-hmm. It's like my three fingers are numb and it's on my left side. Right. This is the worst, you know. Right. It says 48 percent. 48 percent of deaths are preventable. 
Yeah. Wow. That's almost half. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It. It's. But uh, so then it, that report that I was reading from that Truven Health Analytics, like it continued to say the inappropriate use of ED services is growing. Yep. Now this, we're, I'm reading this as the physical. Okay. Yeah. But God was bringing it to me in the spiritual. Like we're so right now, like tonight, we've been talking about spiritual ER visits. Like yeah. we've been talking about spiritual for preventative care and physical. Yeah. Because I was hand one of hand. them that that misused. Like I took up a bed that somebody in need could have had mm-hmm. because I needed some doctor to tell me that I wasn't going to die that night. Right. Because my spiritual condition was was not in God's hands. Yeah. Yeah. I was left to my own devices. Yeah. But it said um, that the inappropriate use of emergency room department services is growing and it's resulting in care that is now more costly. Yep. Now think mm-hmm. of that on a spiritual yeah, realm as we well. Paid a lot of money. Okay. But it lacks continuity. Correct. And I wanted to look up continuity. Continuity, it says, is uninterrupted connection. Yeah. yeah. That's why you want to keep all your health yes. stuff in the same health system because you get continuity of care. Yes. Right? Yeah. And that's why you want to stay in the same vein with all of your spiritual health. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because you need that continuity. That's why you don't church hop. Yes. Yeah. Be, you you plug in and you you being part of a body now there is a difference between like networking with kingdom-minded people and church hopping there's a big difference you want to be plugged in somewhere and have a root system where you're under a covering of a particular ministry that you feel called to be under yeah so when you get there and you're so excited about the vision um that's a good indication god called you there Mm -hmm. you know unless your unless your vision is more um amplifying you and your gifts which sometimes it will be but sometimes we we attend churches for the wrong reason like my friends go there Mm -hmm. well i can have friends all over the world if they're not helping in in cultivating an environment of spiritual growth where i'm flourishing in what god's called me to do maybe i'm not supposed to be there maybe i'm just supposed to have dinner with them once in a while Mm -hmm. we we really need to understand like even with the er visits like look at somebody with like a hypochondria mm-hmm. where they they they've already web md'd they they've been to the er a million times yeah they were saying they didn't tell you their symptoms yeah but they were saying in that same report that emergency room departments now they now have a list of like like high hitters Fre- <laughs> frequent, frequent flyers flyers yeah. we call them yeah, <laughs> yeah. When you walk into a, a and you finally get to see a doc and you're like, you know, I know that I have um, heart palpitations because of this and I know I have this and I know I drink too much caffeine and you tell them all the things that you already know. Yeah. And then they tell you what you already know and send you home and you just, you know, like yep. that Bill Johnson, man, like phenomenal. Yeah. Man of God. Like seriously. Um, I was listening to Chris Valentin talk one night and he was he was talking about one thing that that he learned from bill early on is bill said when people are amening you it's because they're getting confirmation to something they already know Mm -hmm. when the room is dead silent it's because you're saying something that's revelatory knowledge to them they didn't know it before and now they're digesting it or they're in the front row and they go Wow. Yeah. But even that is something they probably, mm-hmm. uh, it's reinforcing it, something it they already sense, know. It makes sense, though. Yeah. Like, because think about yourself when you amen. Like, you, you aim, you're amening because you're like, yeah. Yes. yeah. Like, walked that road, been there. Mm-hmm. And, like, a lot of the times when you're learning, you, you're you just, like, when, taking when it pastor's in. When pastor's, like, when he's, when he's fanning the fire and he's, he's torching the house. And he's hitting hard, like, you need to get right with Jesus and you need to get to the altar. Like, I can listen to Heidi amen that through the whole service because that's where her heart is. She wants to see everybody in that place of complete surrender. Yeah. When you have a spiritual position where you're only going to a church 
that you're just amening things you already know. And then if, if pastor says something that, that you, you don't know or don't understand, and now you I'm not being fed. I'm not being fed. That's because you're a picky eater. And, and because yeah. he's, he's switched from chicken strips and mac and cheese. There's a lot of people, by the way, that switch doctors because they don't want to be told certain things. Yeah. Yeah. And like that happens a lot with behavioral health. It happens a lot with um, like psychology and therapy, right? Yeah. Like, Go to my doctor. And th- the minute that the doctor wants to address an issue, mm-hmm. they're like, Okay, this person doesn't get me. My my doc is a. <laughs> and I need this is not a good fit. My doc is a thin, healthy Filipino man. Yeah, he is. And we're talking one day, and he goes, "Well, you know, we both know what what needs to be done here." <laughs> I'm not going to say it, but we both. And know. I'm like, "Yeah," and he goes, "He goes, what do you what do you what do you think is going to be the final outcome if you continue to eat like two for $3 quick trip pieces of pizza every day. Yeah. First of all. He's like, Joe, you're fat. <gasps> and I'm like, yeah, I know. And he goes, he yeah, but. He told you that you were fat? Oh, of course. And I love him for it. He goes, you're fat. And the problem that I see with this <laughs> is with the amount of exercise you get and what your blood work looks like, it's not fair to other people. Wow. Like, it's not fair that you don't act right. What did I just, I just sent Heidi a Harvard study that an obese person that exercises will live longer than a skinny person who exercises, believe it or not. Yeah. (laughs) There's literally a Harvard, I'm not endorsing that by any means, but there is a Harvard study. He's like, you know, it's, it's same with school. How frustrating was it for teachers to put up with me in class? They probably went to school to be an educator because they loved school. And it was a good part of their life, and they wanted they to... They loved to write on a blackboard. <laughs> they loved to <laughs> erase the whiteboard and clean it. Yeah. And, and then all of a sudden, they show up to school, and now they're the authority in the classroom, and a nine-year-old that can tell stupid booger jokes can control the class, and they're like, oh, man, the same class clown I had when I was nine is now controlling <clears throat> the classroom, and I'm supposed to be in charge. I thought I was going to be in charge. And that's got to be frustrating, yeah. right? But what they don't realize is that kid has leadership skills. Yeah. So just like it's frustrating for my doctor to see me have good health, which is actually divine health. It's God-given because I need to be a better steward there, and I'm working on that. But it's frustrating for somebody that can see the big picture. Mm-hmm. That's like when you have a, a, a leadership or a ministry that sees that you have a gifting or a calling in a certain area – and you're like, hey, I really see that you have this leadership skill. And you're like, no, nah, I'm an intercessor. I took a quiz online. I'm an intercessor. I like to pray. And then I'm like. I took a quiz online, he says. I'm like, oh, I'm like okay, so you're an intercessor. I took that on healingprayer.org. Yeah. And they said. I read in the back of Charisma. You know, like. But the thing is, it was right next to the Christian crossword. So you're, you're, you've got yourself in this situation where, and then I'm like, okay, well maybe, maybe they're an intercessor. Yeah. So then I go scripturally, okay, what is, what is the fruit? What is an example of an intercessor? And then I look at people like Anna. You should look at Jesus. And I'm like, oh, so you like, you spend all day at the temple praying. No. No, but like last month, there was like a Monday that God woke me up at like two in the morning, and that was pretty intense. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, so you pray once in a while? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not discrediting anybody's Jesus call is to at the hand of the Father all day, every like twenty four seven interceding on our behalf. Yeah, but one of the one of the callings in our ministry is to identify gifts and then expose those and then help people grow in them yeah yeah i love to see people do well i love to see people walk in a calling and and walk in a ministry and if you come to me as a church attendee a parishioner and feel you're not called to ministry you and i are not going to get along on a spiritual level because i'm going to constantly be trying to pull you into the ministry you're called to yeah and it's going to frustrate you right and i'm going to seem like a pushy coach 
that wants you to drop and do push-ups. But the thing is, is I know that you're going to have longevity and health in the body of Christ if you stop looking at this as a, 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 a spectator sport and get involved and get on the mat. Can I also just say that when people are involved in healthcare and particularly like urgent care in the emergency room, you also become acquainted with what is called a drug seeker. Mm-hmm. And you know that people are coming in and they're like, I stub my toe and I'm in extreme uh, 10 out of 10 pain. Mm-hmm. But the only thing that will work for me is Dilaudid. Yeah. Right. And you're like, okay. Yeah. This, but also the- you, there are certain earmarks and identifiers where you can see those same people show up to church Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they're like the only thing that will work for me is a word from the lord who's going to prophesy over me Mm -hmm. who's who's going to give a word for me right now they haven't been to church for six months yeah they are not or they show up and they give a message and that's they haven't been to church in three years yes that's another thing and like it's those same things where it's like they're seeking a hit of the mm-hmm. Holy Ghost, yeah. Rather than like, yeah, a long-term committed relationship. Yeah, like your daily vitamins. They just—they're like, just give me a hit, just give yeah. me a I taste. Was, I was talking know? with somebody in the medical field, and I have an extremely high pain threshold. I have none. I've had a, I've had a root canal. <laughs> no threshold. I've had a root canal on my front tooth. It went clear up behind my my like sinuses. Yeah. No painkillers. And the dentist stopped multiple times and had them take x-rays when he'd disconnect and leave the drill bit up in the cavity. Oh, my gosh. Right? So I'm talking to this we person. We should have some sort of trigger warning. And they're like, they're like, you know what's crazy about that? Because they obviously work in that field. They're like, when people come in and say they have a pain, high pain threshold, they immediately are on the list because they might be a drug seeker. And they're mm. looking for the highest quantities. Oh, I can't even highest. get Joe to take ibuprofen, so nah. that's not what he's up to. No. Can, no. Can I read a couple verses? Please. So when I was going through what the Lord was giving me in the middle of the night, um, like the word daily hit me, right? Mm-hmm. Number one, if you did a word search on daily and how many scriptures actually uses the word daily, you're going to be hunting for a while. Mm-hmm. Like there are multiple like over 30, yeah. Yeah. over 30 scriptures that have the actual verbiage daily. And that's probably just in like in it. Matthew. Yeah. Give us our, this day our daily bread. Right. So number one hitter, right? Yeah. So give us this day our daily bread. But then it was also so good. Hey. Yeah. Real quick. Give us this day our daily bread. Yes. And then what did Joshua say when they went in and seen the giants? He said, the Lord will deliver them. They will be our bread. Mm. What if your daily bread is your daily battle and the God turns it into a meal? You eat that thing up and you spit it out. Give us this day our daily bread. Yeah. We're all like, ooh, make me fat and sassy. Feed me good, Lord. <laughs> and he's like, like no. Like that meme. Have you seen that video where she's like, make some co- cookies and cakes <laughs> and get all fat and sassy. Yeah. But what he's actually saying is, is like, you're going to go into the land that I've prepared for you. And they're going to say there's giants in there. But he's he's like, I'm going to make them your daily bread. You're going to. Mm-hmm. You're going to conquer, you're going to consume them, and that's going to nourish you to be more than a conqueror. Yeah. It's good. Go ahead. So last night when I was having all of that, it, it stemmed, it was stemming from what you were talking about. So we, um, we should tell our testimony of the house on one of the episodes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, so that will be coming soon because that's amazing. We'll but call it a housewarming episode. That's good. Um, Because it's a huge, it's a huge, huge testimony. Um, But we recently moved. And and so anybody that's moved know that it's very socially and like. It's very taxing. Demanding. Okay. So not only are we trying to do this and get this new place settled, we were also trying to close out the old place because it was a rental. So we were trying to like fix all that up. And then along with us both working, because we, well, we, I, me and Joe like to move without taking any days off. It's just something we do. <laughs> it's so stupid. 
<laughs> I was like, nobody took a day off. No. <laughs> and so we've been doing that plus, you know, doing our ministry stuff plus going to to church things and still, you know, fellowshipping. So anyways. And this. And this. And so it, and it's only been 30 days. So in 30 days, have I missed a meal? No. I have not. I've not missed one day of reading the, the word. But I've missed him. Mm-hmm. So there's a big, there's a mm-hmm. big, big, big difference. Mm-hmm. When Communion. I, when I've been so close to the Lord, <laughs> this may sound goofy. Reading the word is almost not enough in certain times. I not only need the word, but I also need him. Yeah, you I need, need I need him to show up. I can tell when he's there. Like, well, can you imagine that you are? separated from Joe for a month and all you get is letters from him. Mm-hmm. So you don't get any physical touch. Or you're with you, me every day, but we're busy. Mm-hmm. Right. But like, my point is like, she's still, or all you get is texts. Mm-hmm. And, but you don't have that intimacy where he's holding you. Yeah. Where you can like, sit down with him and have a meal. Yeah. That's very it, there's different. There's a big difference. You're, you're in the same room, but there's discord. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because maybe maybe he's not doing everything that you think he should be doing. Maybe um maybe you're you're in discord because you're not doing everything you know you should be doing. Yeah. So there's just been a lot of of like I haven't backslid per se, you know, like air quotes, backslid. I haven't gotten out yeah, of Yeah, it's not like you're going out and doing heroin. No. And in fact, for me, honestly, for me right now, backsliding would be not reading the word every day. Yeah. <laughs> like yep. that is where my backsliding so would be. Pastor so, Tim says backsliding is anything that distances yes, you from God. Separation from God. And so like, again, there wasn't even that because I've still been there, but there's just been this like lack of intimacy Connection. because we've been so like rush, rush and like. I um I'm like trying to make the house a home type of thing and I like I've been putting a lot of pressure on myself and like just like all of this stuff has been happening and then because I've been so busy the thing that the Lord like revealed to me back in 2020 was health related and so I almost feel this level of holding up my end of the bargain cut covenant like that kind of thing is with me health wise with him. Like I, I, like I, I saved you there mm-hmm. and I did this and I love you. Hold up your end mm-hmm. because it's going to be great. Right. And so even like some of those health things started to kind of waver. Like I, I stopped, I didn't have time to juice every morning because like I didn't even know where half of my stuff was. And just like all of these things started to go play. And this has only been 30 days, keep in mind. So I've like done all this in just 30 days, but I, started to feel like a guilt and a shame mm-hmm. that was attached to the lack of intimacy with him. And so when I was walking in back into the room and I was hearing all these different things, right? Last night and that little thing that I was having, a thought came to me where it was like, what happens if the mercy or the grace runs out? You always go real dark on that stuff. Okay, but like, think about this. Right. And I'm not saying it will because we are a message of hope and Jesus loves you and he's going to try everything in his his power right. to always pull you're you back not, in. But the crazy part, though, is that you're not promised your next breath. Exactly. Like you, we you can't dwell we on go it. through these days. We go through these motions of life thinking we always have tomorrow. Yeah, we're entitled thinking to. we're always going to be we're always going to get that second chance, like thinking they're always going to accept it. Um, so there was a situation. So even with, even with teachers, okay, if you know a teacher always lets you submit late assignments, what do you do? You always take the mercy and the grace of that teacher on they're going to let me submit it. hundred percent. Okay. Like you're always in that mode. And when I was there last night, I was like, we can't be in that place anymore. We, God will always give us mercy and grace, but we can't necessarily always be riding on that, on that shirt tail of, of mercy and grace and mercy and grace. And you're just going to always like, there has to be a sense. You're, you're going to have that regardless, but you have to bring something to the table. You have to bring something to the table. When Jesus broke the bread 
at the Last Supper. He said, do this often in remembrance of me. And mm-hmm. most of us only have that communion, that fellowship, when it's presented at church. Mm-hmm. You know, it's these little things that we should be doing and not like habitually like, oh, gosh, it's communion day. Hurry up, get the bread and the drink. It, it should be like a thought out, intimate meal of like, Father, I thank you for what you've done in my life. Yeah. God, I, I understand that. The, the sacrifice of your one and only uh, unblemished child. And then he took the sin of the world on himself. And then you, you actually have that communion. Like we need to have a conversation with God that's not about us. You know, like the worship nights I've talked about having mm-hmm. um, that are going to be invite only. And, and we're not going to, like, not invite people because they're not in our clique. Like, I'm not that guy. But, like, God showed me to to have invite, like, it's it's going to be a night um, where who he puts on our heart is invited. Mm-hmm. Because it's going to be a, an atmosphere of of actually ministering to him. Okay. It's not going to be us singing songs that we get goosebumps and like seeing if he shows up Mm -hmm. it's gonna it's gonna be moments of of just selfless worship of him and who he is and and thanking him for his consistency and everything that he's already done and not thinking about what he's going to do Mm. and then once god establishes the foundation there then we're gonna see what where those worship nights go Mm mm-hmm but it's going to start out with with God giving us a hand-picked group of people that that have a heart to minister to his spirit mm-hmm. that want to see God like give his attention to the fact of oh they they love me yeah. they're worshiping me in spirit and in truth they're not asking me for things right now yeah can i ask a question to sort of bring it home mhm so once you've recognized that, then what do you do? So once you've recognized this and people recognize this in themselves, I feel like the first natural step is first of all to repent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's not like, Lord, forgive me. And then you just go on about your merry way. Because Correct. The, the repentance is not the prayer itself. Repentance is Repen- turning from something. I was trying to say that. <laughs> you steal my thunder. <laughs> repentance is not the prayer itself. Mm-hmm. It's the act. A- asking for forgiveness is not n- repentance. Mm-hmm. Those two things, you need one in order to do the other. But you can ask for forgiveness and people do this all day long and then they turn around and they do the exact same thing. They haven't repented at Correct. all. Correct. So in order to repent, you ask for forgiveness and then you turn away from that and you do a 180 yep. and you correct, you have to correct your path going forward. Yeah. So you would, you would actually take the things that he highlighted to you, the health things. Yeah. Which he's already done multiple and, and not tighten them, the belt back and not, up. and not turn them into an idol. Correct. Mm-hmm. Like we end up worshiping the, the process instead of the creator. Correct. So all of a sudden you you put those things back on on the on the calendar and the, the table. Yep. But then you start everything with intimacy with him. Yep. Because his goal for you is not that you're the fittest or the skinniest or like that you have that you're the wealthiest or that you're this, that and the other thing per se. Mm-hmm. But his goal for every one of us is to make us whole. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yes. 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 And do you want to know a lot of the times why health stuff like is obviously like a high hitter when it comes to this stuff? If you don't take care of your health now, he can't use you in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bottom Oral, line. Oral Roberts University. I don't know if they still have this because they got negative attention a few years back about this. But they had every if you graduated from ORU, you had to pass a physical fitness test. If you couldn't, you could not graduate from ORU because Oral Roberts said if in order to carry out the call, you yes. have to be physically able to yes. do so. And that's weighed heavily on our hearts for like yes. many Isn't years. Isn't there like a deliverance guy that you watch that he he could tell you everything about, about He's from how England. Your trunk your car looked? 
He's from England, and he has a deliverance pro- – well, not deliverance program. So you basically – it's a rehab. He has a rehab program where you get delivered from drugs and alcohol. Mm-hmm. You come to – it's a spiritual place. You come to his place, yeah. and you get discipled, okay? Yeah. But he said they think it's just Bible reading and learning about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And he said, nope. He said, I wake him up at 5 a.m. and make them make their beds, and then we start with like a five-mile run. Yeah. And he said, we do that every single morning. And everybody's wondering, like, I'm here for like discipleship. Why are we, why are you Mm -hmm. making us do all this? Mm -hmm. And he said, because you can't have one without the other. And if you're listening, maybe your five mile run is reading more than the verse of the day. Yeah. And then not reading it and, and shutting the book and saying, okay, I read it. But reading it, going back some other point in the day, rereading it and saying, God, what are you saying to me? And if there's like something that he catches your attention with, that he's trying to have intimacy with you about, then you go and you you study it out. You look it up. What does that word mean? You know, and you get into it, and and maybe maybe that's something you've never done before. Mm-hmm. Maybe you you're you're so hungry for a, a articulate preacher. Paul said, "I don't come to you with with fancy speech." Yep. Because he knew that there was going to be a whole bunch of people with itching ears that'd be just overwhelmed and satisfied with with really good, uh, beautiful sounding talk and messages. And wow, they know the Hebrew and the Greek. If you know the Hebrew and the Greek, that's awesome. I love I love studying stuff out. But if you if you can't raise the dead, I, I just don't know that uh, the Hebrew and the Greek is really doing anything for you, mm-hmm. other than just making you sound like the smartest guy in the room. Mm-hmm. The thing is, is God wants us to produce fruit. Yeah. God wants us, faith without works is dead. He wants us doing works. You don't get saved by works. You got saved by what Jesus did on the cross. But there's nobody in scripture that ever got even an honorable mention that did not take part in works. Mm -hmm. Get busy for God. Yeah. He's not going to let the devil kill you if he's busy using you because you're busy for him. Mm -hmm. You're going to have longevity in that. Yeah. So he brought me to Psalm 61, and it says, first of all, I I read New King James, and so it always has like the headers, Mm -hmm. you know? And when I got brought there, it was the assurance of God's eternal protection, okay? Mm -hmm. Hear my cry, O God. Attend to my prayer. From the end of the earth, I will cry to you. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been a shelter for me, a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in your tabernacle forever. I will trust in the shelter of your wings, Selah. For you, O God, have heard my vows. You have given me the heritage of those who fear your name. You will prolong the king's life, his years as many generations. He shall abide before God forever. Oh, prepare mercy and truth, which may preserve him. So I will sing praise to your name forever that I may daily perform my vows. Mm. And that is like what he was speaking, like particularly with me, with me with was there was like there was like a certain vow and covenant thing that I felt like took place that I now for for the like for you it was when you got delivered you cut covenant right like you're never returning to it you are full fledged telling everybody that your testimony now and you're just going like head first into territory that needs to be overturned um the 2020 thing that happened with me there was like a vow there that I felt like like a a, a thing that happened where it was like physically be taking care of yourself. Now. Yeah, because there was generational things. Yes. So on your, on your dad's side, um, there was heart disease and diabetes and all these things. And then on your mother's side, there was all these crazy things like hypertension and, and your grandma had to have a pacemaker, which was crazy because her heart was probably fine and she mm-hmm. outlived everybody anyway. Yeah. But it was more spiritual. Yeah. Because if you look at the call of God on those people's lives... Yeah. Right. And then what they did or did not do with it. Your dad was a great evangelist for for the churches he attended. Yeah. But there was always a call to do more because his father was a minister. Yeah. Um, 
it's in that bloodline. So what God wanted to do is he wanted to break the generational things that killed the ministry in your family, bring you back into ministry, but not only do it, but give you divine health doing it. Yes. And the daily perform my vows. Like when Mm -hmm. I wake up in the morning, every believer, honestly, like should want to wake up in the morning and be like, okay, like Mm -hmm. I am here daily to perform my vows. What is a vow? It's a promise. Mm -hmm. Like this is a marriage. Like it's all over the place. Like what are we daily doing to bring communion into that relationship now? Like Mm -hmm. these things need to get put back into Every believer, every every time that we we have a moment with the Lord, treasure it so that we're we're doing these daily routine preventative care measures, mm-hmm. taking your daily spiritual vitamins, yeah. like drinking your water, like taking in your daily bread, like all of these things, they're so important because it it creates in you a whole body. So that you're no longer just jumping to these ER visits. Here's the when, thing, though. You can create generational health. Yes, you can. And and you can essentially break like generational curses by deciding, even from a health standpoint, yeah. like, we're not going to have pop in the house. We're going to eat, you know, whole meals with food fruits and vegetables just and sitting down and eating at a just, table yes there are what they call social determinants of health mm-hmm. and one of those social determinants of health is that first of all that you're in part of a church body mm. that's mm-hmm. why when you go to your primary care visit oh, you get the you. questionnaire yeah people that a lot attend of people, church we did it we did the statistics because they were done by a secular school but people that attend church it was like um for holidays only, live a year longer than people that don't. Right. People that attend midweek services and attend mm-hmm. every Sunday live a few years longer. So People ch- that are involved live like seven to ten years longer. Right. Mm-hmm. It's the same concept as if you grow up in a, a house. Uh, it's proven that if your house has a lot of books in it, your kids will be smarter. Mm-hmm. They will test better. They will be more well-read. They will be smarter. If there's all these determinants of health, right? And one big indicator is how healthy is your family? Mm -hmm. That same thing that applies to your physical health applies Mm -hmm. to your spiritual health. If you grow up in a household where people are acutely aware of their spiritual health and they're doing everything they can to maintain it, you will be the same. Mm -hmm. That's why they say, the Bible says, raise your children up in the way that they should go. And they're not going to depart from it Mm -hmm. because they know the benefits of it and they are that it it is natural to them. Yeah. That's you see that it just exactly how you live any other part of your life. Yeah. I've had mothers let me into their son's homes to do service with our business and I'll take my shoes off. And I, I literally have had this happen more than once where the mother goes, you know, that was a rule in my house, and he never took his shoes off in mine, so I'm not taking mine off in his, and they'll scoot across the carpet. You're going to clean it anyway. You know what I mean? And it's like, but what's what's actually, um, what what's encouraging to hear is that the kid, now that they have their own home, yep. has that rule. Yep. People... People don't wake up one morning and say, you know what, I'm going to call around and get carpet cleaning. Um, Usually it's people whose family did it. Their mother had it done yearly or every six months. Yeah. A lot of the customers that I have grew up in a home that had those services. Yeah. There's another demographic of customers that we have that have the services because they had a damage occur, fire, water, sewer, and realized they liked the result of having to have those things done afterwards. Mm-hmm. So most people that have never grown up in an environment that pays for a professional in services, they're a do-it-yourselfer. They're like, I'm going to buy a machine, I'm going to do this. And by the time they end up spending all this money and then pour all this detergent into the machine, it clogs all the jets within two years because it's been sitting in a closet. Now when they need an emergency, it doesn't work, right? Yeah. So when we grow up in a household where, where there is a focus on spiritual wholeness, a church 
that has a spirit, spiritual wholeness, a focus on that in the ministry team. What happens when, when you and I are chasing God? So, like, our focus and our unity with the Holy Spirit, with God, uh, up and down is good, then it makes it easier to have unity right to left mm -hmm. with the people that are sitting in our row. Now, they could have a spirit of dissensions or be in discord, and what that does is lets us know that they're not in unity with God mm -hmm. because because if if they had if they're really hearing God's voice, then they would find a way to have repentance right to left. Mm -hmm. They would they would actually find a way in scripture to not have discord in the body. Right? So we have to get to this place where we have good spiritual and mental wellness. Can I can I um double down on the whole like familial thing? Do you know that there's generational brand loyalty? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. They can, they will, they'll always buy the name brand because yep. that's what they grew up eating. Grew up eating, and they can tell. And that's... They can tell the minute that it's not authentic. Yep. They can that's tell the minute that, <laughs> that it's not. What was it? That's not a Ritz cracker. I'm, I'm telling you this, and the whole time, just going, yep, 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 no, because it's not I, a Ritz. I know a guy. I know a guy that that he's he's a he's a guy, and he's like he's a strong man, and he's yeah. just a very active, outgoing person. And we were at dinner at his house one time, and he's like, "Yeah, you know, I can buy the great value or the." you know, the alternate on this, this, and this, but he's like, when it comes to club crackers, you got to have Keebler when it comes to the whatever you mm -hmm. got to have, you got to have Ritz. Nabisco. And he goes, yeah. if you buy me a great value Ritz cracker, he goes, I'll know in a heartbeat and I'll See? spit it right back out. And people, so isn't that interesting? That's how much you can train your kids on the mm -hmm. word of God too. Yeah. yeah. They can know what's authentic and what's not. Yeah. They also can know what's watered down and what's not. And that's why people, you grow up drinking 2% milk. You're drinking 2% milk as an adult. You drink whole milk. And if you grow up drinking whole yeah. milk, you're going to drink whole milk. Yeah. And that's what you're going to give to your kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it keeps on going. Yeah. And that's, that's the important part here is that like, not only do you need to, maintain yourself but by doing so you're discipling automatically discipling your kids and showing them to do the exact same thing in the exact same way and you're the way that you learn to hear they learn to hear yeah the way that you learn to feed yourself they learn to feed themselves yeah and because that's how you feed your kids right yeah. it starts out where they have a little bit of milk they have baby food whatever but then Oh, I don't need to order a separate meal for my kid. They'll eat off my plate. Mm -hmm. And you do that generationally. That's yeah. how generational health happens. That's how generational wealth happens. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. they watch how you manage your money. Mm -hmm. That's all of these things. And so it's innately important because, and, and it's imperative really, you're, pa you're paving a way for people behind you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode. We are so blessed to have the privilege to share with you. If you haven't already, please connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. You can find us by searching at The Real King Podcast. That's at T-H-E Real King Podcast. The Real King Podcast is recorded in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. It is hosted by Joe and Heidi King, who are joined each week by Christina Santamaria as a moderator and contributor. It is produced and edited by Joe and Heidi King and Carlos and Christina Santamaria. All content is under copyright and all rights are reserved.